Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, we're back for another session. It's not really a session because it's Dr. Homebrew. It's not the session. We're not back for this session. We're back for a session. A session of drinking. Um, a session of drinking in front of other people who are drinking as well, uh, which is basically the rest of the audience out in, uh, in bar land. Which I was like, I was talking to the guys beforehand. I'm like, you know, it kind of feels like we're in a VIP section of a club where there's like the rope off and... Um, uh, you know, everyone's like looking at the super popular kids or the rich people like, oh, they can afford bottle service. And we're like, you know, having to walk to the, I don't know. No one else felt like that? What? Yeah. Uh, no. Are we are there's we the a, cool kids? There, there's yeah. no rope off. That's what I'm saying. Because oh, we're like behind the, the thing. Idea where you were going with that. That was no? a real extended diatribe there. <sighs> well, Bevo's pretending like she's never been to the club. Well, I was waiting for other people to jump in and start oh, saying, oh, yeah, I get it or no or whatever. But, you know, apparently... I'm just not used to being one of the cool kids, so <laughs> I was assuming I wasn't in that group. Well, why would you? Right. To all of it. Right. I'm normally the one uh, in line complaining about all the hot girls walking by. They're like, you can't come in. Like, really? Yeah. There's, really? No, there's not enough room. Well, yeah. she's skinnier, so she <laughs> yeah, can fit. Either two hot chicks or you in the club. Probably, what are they going to pick? There's probably closer to three hot chicks than me, if you're talking about uh, mass. Yeah. So. At least if you're lying down. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot. Wait, what? (laughs) I don't know, man. I have no idea. Anyway, welcome to Homebrew. Uh, Dr. Homebrew, it's another fine session of uh, of drinking beer, drinking homebrew, and evaluating our fellow homebrewers. Uh, Brought to you by the fine people at Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. You've heard us talk about Five Star on the show. They are as fantastic as we say they are. If you have not had Five Star Chemicals in your brew house at all, you really aren't doing such a very good job cleaning and sanitizing, to be honest. So uh, get it going. What's going on? Where's Beverly behind me? What are you doing? You don't have a charger. All right. Let me charge you up, girl. Charge your batteries. Please stop talking. Like a Prius. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll get all hybrid. Whatever. Um, PBW, Star San, IO Star, Sandy Clean, all that kind of stuff. They also have some cool uh, homebrewing, uh, cleaning, uh, not in- in- equipment, but uh, yeah, I guess equipment like gloves and you know boots and stuff like that. So if you really want to get all decked out like your favorite professional homebrewers, uh, of which there are not that many, uh, fivestarchemicals.com. Check them out, please. And who else do we have? We have uh, we should have Nico from Nico Brew coming in here shortly too. He's on a whirlwind tour of the uh, lower Pacific Northwest, if you can call it, and uh, <laughs> the, the lower North. Yeah, the lower yeah. North. Right. All right, yeah, the, the lower half the... of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I got that right. Okay. Yeah. Or the the northern South of California. The, no, the southern North. Yeah. The un- no, we're in the southern North. Your mom is the southern North. Well, she might be, but see. She, I think she's in the southern She's north. south of here, though, so what's that make us? North. Right. Of her. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh. But south now it all makes ne- sense. See? Yeah, We're north, south, it north. Right. It's the under north. It's like the eighth time Warren has confused me on the air. <laughs> Only the eighth? Only the eighth, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, then. You're doing pretty good. We have Warren here, uh, a beardy, as everybody knows him by. We also have Brian and Lee, my trusty cohorts. Hi. Uh, we have Terrence here. We have Dan. It, clearly, somebody of, of, of some sort of note and prominence is coming into town, which would be Nico, because these people don't come out here normally. Yeah. Every time we try to get Terrence together, it's, oh, I'm, I'm really busy. I got, I got a bunch of stuff to do. Yeah, but Nico's here. But so, Nico's here. Right. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> well, he ran out of reasons to leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. Hopefully when he shows up, we'll uh, we'll get Nico in here. Uh, we have a couple cool things to do today. Uh, we have Warren in here because if you may remember on the last show, um, Warren brought a Hellas in that was just terrible. Yep. It was just awful and gross. And you couldn't um, get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of it. And so we had, uh, you know, 
We had fun with Warren, and at Warren's expense. Yep. Uh, but Warren has done a trick that we're going to talk about, this one weird trick that uh, brewers don't want you to know about. Click on the link for more information. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he, he helped out the beer. I think he made it better. Uh, he would uh, say otherwise. So uh, we're going to talk about how, you know, what he did and, and how you, know, you guys at home can maybe help uh, get rid of some of these uh, other flaws that Warren had in his previous beer. We're going to taste his beer currently and kind of rap with him about that. Then we have Scotty on with a robust porter. Scotty's been on a couple times. Um, and he has another beer, and, and he decided to come down and hang out for the show. And those two things are, are pretty good qualifiers for being on Dr. Homebrew. It's not hard, it's not hard to do. Email me, jp at com. I think I'm catching up on the list. And, uh, you know, so you too could be a part of this whole shebang. Be a warm body and brew some beer. Yeah, man. Be willing to use Skype. <laughs> That's okay. it. That's all you got to <laughs> do. Requirements. It's not hard. It's not hard to do, man. Um,. Oh, I also I should mention uh, one of our new sponsors, High Gravity, uh, Homebrew Supply Shop. They are giving away um, a gift, a prize pack. So you know we do the Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Uh, Forty dollar gift certificate to GrogTag dot com. But uh, to, and then we give that away to the the brewer with the lowest score. Uh, but the High Gravity, they're going for the highest. They're, so the other person, so everyone wins. Oh. It's gonna be nice. Wow. So yeah. thanks to the folks at High Gravity. You can go check them out. And uh, get your get yourself some cool homebrew supplies, and uh, support a sponsor of Doctor Homebrew. Man, everyone loves Doctor Homebrew. Everybody loves Raymond. Who is Doctor Homebrew? Doctor Homebrew is not an entity. It is a. It is a. It is a. Um, is it like Captain Planet? Of no, because <laughs> like Captain Planet was a guy. Combined, it's, it's like person. Voltron. It's like the Super Friends. No, because they That's are still plural. people. That's yeah. plural. right. It's not Doctor Homebrews. Or yes. doctors, home doctors homebrew. Doctors homebrew. Shut yeah. up, Warren. Right. See what I mean? Now this is the ninth time. <laughs> Are you confused already? Warren is very like he's like extra literal. You know, if if, if he had a stupid superhuman power, no. it would be like the process of analyzation. He was right. That was stupid. What was stupid? who was right? Who was right and who was stupid? Shut if up, Warren. Extra literal, <laughs> extra literal. Does that mean he's still literal? He's outside of being literal. Yeah. Oh, he's so far literal. He's below. It. I'm so literal. Yeah, he's extra literal. He's literally. Side. Yep. Anyway, extra terrestrial. Dan brought us some its its. Wonderful. Some pumpkin its its. Oh, I left man. mine out there. Can you hand me mine, Terrence? It's gone yeah. already through the window. Just we live. Slide it through the slot. <laughs> we live close enough to the its it outlet to get hand delivered its its with yeah. on on, uh, on dry ice. This is yeah. awesome. Doctor yeah. Homebrew. Yeah, there you go. Special ones that you don't. Just, we just it. can't eat them yet because they're on dry ice. <laughs> yeah. Like permanently yeah. stick our tongue to an its it. Oh man. So would the pumpkin its it go in the spiced category? The, <laughs> the so. herbal and spice category twenty one its it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The cappuccino is definitely a specialty. I think. Okay. Yeah. See, you learn you learn a whole bunch of new stuff on Doctor Homebrew. A whole lot of different things. And only some of it you wish you'd never heard. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I feel like we were just in here yesterday. You know what I mean, guys? Hmm. Was it just yesterday? I guess not. Uh, it may have been. I have no, who, who knows? Who knows with how we were like Holiday. Maybe you were. Calendar flipping over. We were here Monday. Uh-huh. We were here Monday. Uh, okay, we're going to head into our first break. When we come back, we're going to hear maybe some more from Warren. I don't know. He might just mutter in the microphone for 10 minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, what he did to his Hellas to make it semi-drinkable. Um, and I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, Dr. Holm, we're back after this. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. 
Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest-approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Starting a brewery is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's definitely a labor of love. If you're not going to give it 100%, don't bother. Brewers Publications is proud to present the Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery by Elysian Brewing's Dick Cantwell. Business plans, financing, sustainability, and more. This book takes you through the planning and execution needed to turn the dream of craft brewing into a reality. Whether you want to open a brew pub or a packaging brewery, learn the professional side of ingredients, wastewater, quality, and how to build the craft brewery of the future. The Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery, available now from Brewers Publications and BrewersPublications.com. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. 
High Gravity Home Brewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Now, back to the examination. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. We have Warren Bolts in the studio today. Hi, everybody. It's the Warren Show. Hey, Warren. Warren (laughs) Back from Warren. Oh, so disappointing already. Yeah. That was a new little uh, intro thing there, wasn't it? What's that? I like the little little intro blurb there. With the glove sound, was that you? No, no, that no? wasn't me, no. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. It may have been. Who knows? You don't remember? I've been to the doctor enough times. We'll see. Okay. Uh, so, Warren. Yes. Tell us about uh, tell us about your beer, your health, and all the atrocious atrocities that uh, that we heaped upon you the last yeah. time you were here. Last we, time? We lived the yeah. dream. Yeah. Well, um, I wrote it down in my diary, so I have it right here. Okay. All of the notes. On your blog, you mean to pull up your Tumblr account? What have we bruised your ego with? I don't have a blog. Comment-wise. Comment I have a live journal, though. Does that count? I think it's a Tumblr. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, Play some music. Dear diary. So, last time... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Warren's pretty hurt about it. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Last time, <laughs> I called it a Hellas, um, mm-hmm. and it. you guys said it was pretty much a glass of DMS with a side <laughs> of diacetyl, but you said it looked real nice. Hmm. Um, it had a nice yeah. gold color. It was clear. Do um, me a favor. What, remind me again what the differences are, because I'm kind of stupid, between DMS and diacetyl. If Nicole Ernie was here, she'd scream at you, it's diacetyl! Well, and I would say diacetyl. She's not a chemist. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, yeah. But what are the differences? DMS and I get them confused all the time. They're different chemicals. <laughs> they smell and taste different. <laughs> Great. Diacetyl is a classic popcorn butter kind of flavor. Okay. DMS sometimes comes across as cooked corn, sometimes almost like boiled shrimp. DMS. DMS. Okay. Right. And diacetyl is usually a fermentation product, and DMS is usually not all. It can be a fermentation well, bacterial. Uh, usually in a beer like a Hellas or something, it would probably come from the Pils malt not being boiled enough to drive off all the precursor that gets made into DMS. Mm-hmm. At least that's a classic story. Okay, so what are, there are they? others? What are they? The things you don't want in your beer. Yeah. They're things no, you don't want yeah. in your beer. Right. So, Warren, why did you put them in your beer if you don't want them in your beer? Um, okay, wait, I've got the music queued up here. We're going to do Oh. This is your diary music here. Let me tell you. So, on brew day, <laughs> as my beer was about to cool, yeah. I decided to put the lid on it right. before it was actually below 140. Thanks for the music, oh. Brian. You did so, great. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay, um, that's pretty much how the DMS got in there. I did a ninety-minute boil ever since that day, right? <laughs> um, and so I did a ninety-minute boil, so it should have been gone, but I put the lid on it like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you normally a bunch in it? Do you normally leave it off? I think I don't know if we've mm-hmm. talked about it on the show, or maybe another show, but I mean I've always done that. Where like you put the lid on, you put your wort chiller in, and you let it um, go for like fifteen minutes. Then you put the lid on, you kill the heat, and you're and you're cooling. Right? right. See, I didn't leave it open for the first fifteen, which would allow it to get from the two hundred and ten, two hundred and twelve, mm-hmm. down to about one forty, where the DMS uh, conversion kind of s- slows significantly. Okay. And so, I had just put it on. Normally, what I do is kind of just leave it half on, so the lid's sitting there, and then once it's cooling for a while, then I'll just slide it all the way on. But I was okay. doing some other thing, like putting the grain in the garbage can or something, and so I just wasn't paying attention, and just it it was on. I and don't, I don't really like this theory. See, the boil is where you're driving off all the DMS precursors, and it when you're starting to chill, it's it's at a temperature where they'll 
the precursor will convert into the DMS inside the beer, but you're you're not really driving off much at that point because you're done boiling and it's cooling down to temperatures where it's not. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some steam coming off and and you know hitting the lid and come back down. But I personally, I always put, keep my lid on. I'm like super paranoid about you know wild yeast in the air and anything yeah, getting into there because I want to sure. seal it up. Because what's worse, right? Yeah. I mean, little DMS or some sort of weird. I wrap contaminant. it up with you know Saran wrap. I want to get everything out of there yeah, once fairly. it's starting to cool. If you do a ninety minute boil, you should, you should be, be fine, fine, right? So what fine. happened? So is it maybe just because you so use all pills malt or something? Or better excuse, please. Well, well or how long uh, did you have the lid <laughs> sitting there while the beer was hot? Between like flame out to cooling down, yeah. Um, normally, what I do, um, but this time was like twenty minutes or something. <laughs> I mean, this time might have been different, but I this was three months ago. Now I don't have anything written on the sheet thing. I waited half an hour before turning uh, the water. Detailed on. notes, um, but so normally I I go from turning the propane off and then walk over and turn on the garden hose to start the. Cho- I'll turn the garden hose on first, and then walk over and turn the heat off. Mm. That's me, though. Wow. Well, I'm. I don't brew as good as you. <laughs> uh, clearly, right? Yeah. We need um, a challenge someday. The two. Oh you guys. my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll we'll both lose. Right. Um, It'll be like that. That the only time Ralk beer. They both get the grog tag. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I still say that I won, but. Uh, um, Okay, so, so so you left the, the the lid on for a little bit too long, even though so Brian I, disagrees. I think, yeah, I think just the continuing generation of the DMS while it was still hot and not uh, actively boiling to drive it off, it was just there. Um, okay, and then it's got a little bit of diacetyl, which I tried to get rid of. Thought I did, but obviously. I did not. Okay, so, so you brought it in, and you got judged. I did get judged. judged for it, and then so then what did you do after you dried your tears and your beard? Yeah, what did you do? Um, I think they gave it around thirty or something like that. I, I don't know. I'd have to look. It's framed on my wall. So. That's our standard um, really? in studio guest score. Right, that, that's right. the that's lowest. <laughs> that's we the just, lowest. That we don't want to hurt go, him too bad. It's so. the courtesy thirty. It's, it's the right. ten point courtesy bump. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and so. Um, this time around, I'm calling it a Dortmunder export. Um, figuring I'd try a new category. <laughs> that makes it better. Um, right. Um, and in between then and now, I've since just bubbled CO2 through it um, mm-hmm. about three times because the CO2 will help uh, volatilize some of the DMS off in theory. Okay, so you're saying it will, what? I mean, uh, you know, dumb it down. It'll, like, churn up the beer enough to release the... Air, you know the, so, the right. portion of that flavoring that is airborne or that can be released via CO two. Right, exactly. I mean, it, you smell it because in a glass, like we smell yeah. it right now, because it's volatile and it's coming out. Okay. Um, and so by just running CO two through it, you're kind of speeding that up. I mean, you, there okay. are trade offs because you're losing head retention because you're causing it to foam in the keg and it's not mm-hmm. going to be in your glass. So. The head retention is going to go down, but and you what, might lose some other interesting volatiles, right? Too, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Aromas you you're, had in there. <laughs> you're you're yeah. losing everything, but the idea is that the DMS is worse. But you're so. gaining a drinkable beer, right? Exactly, okay. something that actually doesn't finish like a a glass of buttery corn, right? You're Which lo- I love. You're right. losing everything, but you're winning the battle. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> losing so, everything to win. Something. So how did you how did you do this? I mean, you, did you like uh, pressurize the keg for five minutes and shake it and then release it, or what did you do? Um, so what I did was um, put I, I have uh, two regulators on my CO two tank. Mm-hmm. One has a regulator with a gas quick connect, and one with a liquid quick connect okay. that I used for purging my kegs before racking and all that sort of stuff. Oh, so and you're so, going from, instead of the top down and... Right, so instead of going through the normal gas in, I was pushing CO2 through the liquid out, so it was actually coming up through the bottom. Oh. And then I just had it... I, I had the regular set to zero, and then I pulled the pressure release on the keg so it was completely open, mm-hmm. and then just cranked my regular... started turning the regulator on until it started bubbling through, and then just let that happen until enough foam happened to where there's foam coming out of the PRV. Mm-hmm. And then... Which is the pressure release. The pressure release. release. Okay, yeah. and, and then just let it set. Mm-hmm. And then after the foam died down again, 
did the same thing and just did that a couple times, letting letting the foam settle and then going until it was foaming out the keg. Hmm. Okay. So like five yeah. minutes or something like that, probably? I guess it doesn't uh, really matter, but... Each... I didn't time it. Yeah. I mean, I would guess in a, in a single round, yeah. it probably went two, three minutes before oh, it okay. was foaming to okay. the top. Hmm. Um, just slow and gradual. And, and could you smell it like uh, when it's coming out of the, the, the relief valve? Could you smell the crap that was coming off of it? Um... And yeah, yeah, yeah. You could smell some. I mean, it wasn't as aromatic as actually just pouring the beer normally and getting to smell the glass. But, yeah, but you could smell a, the the aromas of the beer coming out. Okay, all right. Yeah, were you sniffing it and kind of using that as a way to judge when to stop, or did you just try it three times and got bored? Uh, um, each time I would just taste the beer in between, and mm-hmm. you could taste it kind of reducing. Oh wow, the DMS. Okay. All right. Um, you could, yeah. Interesting. Um, when you have so much, you'll notice a small change. <laughs> but great bounty of DMS to exactly. deal with, you right? Know? Yeah. Did you have a blind tasting panel to do that? Well, I was there. <laughs> right. um, okay. So. There may have been other people there. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I was doing a actual triangle tests. So I had, I would have three glasses. And one I would keep from the previous round, and then fill two, and then kind of just shuffle them around on the on the chest freezer lid, and then see if I could pick it out. And I I was able to, so it was seemingly make a difference. Or I was just wrong and <laughs> and thinking it did. Um, Maybe that could that could that be. could be it also seems substantial, right? Yeah. Um, um, so I just okay. did that a couple times, and I I was able to actually taste the the beer in the finish. Of of the flavors, and so got to taste a beer at the end and some minerals and pop. So that was fun for you. Yeah. It was an improvement over what it was before. Okay, is this like a, a commercial trick, or do you just make it up on your own, or how did you um, figure this out? How did a smart, handsome guy like you figure it out? Well, reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've you can use kind of bubbling through to to kind of scrub a few volatiles like sulfur mm-hmm. can some some sulfur compounds can be done that way sometimes uh sulfur compounds you just add a little bit of copper like if so i know some breweries that actually just kind of tie a piece of copper pipe on a string and kind of dangle it down in the beer <laughs> and then that that actually converts some of the sulfur compounds um really drop yeah. a couple pennies in the bright tank right oh, yeah. yeah something like that okay. um and so gassing off you can you can reduce levels of DMS and other things, but usually I don't think a, a professional brewery would try to salvage a beer like that. Oh, really? Like mine. Just, yeah. yeah. I think H2S is a lot more volatile than, right. than DMS. Correct. It's, it's gonna, that stuff blows right off. Yeah. And, and H2S is one of the ones that you can convert with copper. And so... Is that something, uh, just an, uh, a side topic, is that something that commercial breweries do a lot of? Or like little minor corrections like that, or is it every once in a while? But you just have to know how to take care of it when it happens, like a flat tire or something like that. Uh, I don't think brewers try to have that be like a, a common practice. Yeah, like well, no, they're always they, having they to. They might not admit it if it were right. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, is it you know? Um, I've I've heard of more than one brewer admit to it, so more it it does happen. Not necessarily dangling a piece of copper pipe, but. Either transferring okay. through a tube that had some copper in it, or yeah. something like that. Um, okay. Throwing a copper scrubby. I mean, there's also <laughs> there's also a uh, copper solutions, liquid solutions that you can just dose the beer with too. You're right. It, yeah. Okay. Okay. Get your cupric sulfate. Right. It's a little blue liquid. Uh, all right. Nice and hellas. Well, fellas. <laughs> well, so did it work? Did it work? I don't know. What do Brian, you think? You think it worked? I think it worked to a, a certain extent. I think that it worked on the DMS pretty well. The DMS is very low in the aroma and the flavor, and it's 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 still there, but it's it's light. The diacetyl, I mean, diacetyl as a flavor compound has such a low uh, aroma and flavor threshold. Like just it's parts per million in there. You know, you can you can get it. At, I don't. I don't recall what the low end is, but it's you know 15 parts per million or some some crazy low amount that that most people who can taste acid you know will get it. Um, 
have to correct me on that on the next show, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what I think you also lost in the process, though, was some of that nice German malt flavor and a little bit of the, the spicy hop that was there a little more the last time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot lower this time. There's like a kind of generic bready malt in here and a very low spicy hop. Otherwise, it's it's clean. It's still a little bit minerally. Um, it's dry. It seems to have pretty low carbonation. I don't know if you brought re- readjusted your carb afterwards, but... Or if, I mean, it should have. Um, I, I I didn't. I kind of just set it back at twelve psi. Yeah, that's what um, I would think. Yeah. Hmm. So, so I, I might have lost some, and then just, maybe in the transfer you lost some in this case in the yeah. growler or something. But yeah, it seems it's a little low. The growler. Low the growler CO2. had a pretty good hiss when it, it was d- open. Yeah, but yeah, it's missing some of the other positive qualities. It just seems like a generic. It seems more like a, a light American lager now. I went from right. Alice to Dort to light American lager kind of territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's got no head yeah. at all anymore. Yeah. There's like not much to hide behind in a beer like this. So if this was an IPA, we wouldn't even be talking about this shit. We'd just be like, <laughs> hey, this is a great IPA, dude. <laughs> yeah. I I uh, thought about that. I was reading the BJCP styles, and I was like, yeah, now light American lager category might be where, <laughs> where yeah. this belong. I mean, cause a little bit of DMS is okay. I mean, to yeah. me, the scrubbing... Got rid of most of the DMS, like you were saying. Yeah. But now it's just diastoles more apparent. Here's what you got to do. Boost up up the bitterness one way or another and dry hop the hell out of this thing. Bring it back next month as an IPL. Uh, (laughs) Yep. You know, that might be the best salvage for this thing, actually. Because I think the diacetyl is not volatile enough that you're probably going to be able to get rid of it that way. Oh, I wasn't expecting to get Um, rid of the diacetyl with the... CO2 scrubbing. That's the it was just the DMS. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And and for the um for the DMS, you know, I don't think you got rid of 100% of it, although you probably brought it down a good chunk. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get that work better, maybe what you would need to do is drop a centered stone in there to put the CO2 through so you had more mm-hmm. bubble surface yeah. area. That'll probably mm-hmm. scrub it a little more effectively. Yeah. Um it's still got a fair amount of DMS, not like it did before. Yeah. Uh, but the diacetyl is real <clears throat> real strong in here. Yeah. It's, yeah, it does taste like butter corn. We're talking like yeah. it's kettle corn it's like beer, buttered it's caramel. Kettle, this corn. is pretty unique stuff. It's it's tasty. <laughs> it's We're finishing the glass. I mean, it's not horrible. Have, have I, a glass of Werther's original. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like Grandpa used to drink. Even oh. though the defects are lower, the character of the beer is a little lower. And I actually yeah. dropped the score. Uh, if it was around thirty before, it's more like a twenty-five now. It's it's oh, hey, wow. setting records here. Yeah. It's okay. And we want you to win that grog tag. So. Oh right. <laughs> How does it look, though? Because that was the only it's compliment you had for it last beautiful. time. It's yeah. beautiful. All right. It's clear, it's still pale. Beautiful. Don't it's little, change a thing. It's right. missing the head this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, two points. Uh, oh. Two out of three ain't bad. Lee, what do you think? I mean, pretty yeah. much the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still a fair amount of diacetyl. The DMS yeah. is less. It's, it's beautiful looking, clear, yellow beer, but there's no head. No head at all. So, I, do, you, do you think it was worth it? Worth doing scrubbing, scrubbing it out? Losing all the the positive volatiles and the head creating capability. Yeah, yeah. You lost your for, head, Warren. Well, not the first time. <laughs> no. Um, for personal enjoyment, yes. Um, the experiment okay. is worth it on its own merits. Sure. Just to see, I'd I'd never done that before. It was just like you read it in a book. It's like okay, sure. In theory, that should work. And so get okay. to actually do it. And, this is your first time, right? Okay. Um, and and see the results and how well it works. I think yeah. if DMS is a mild issue in your beer, if you're okay with losing a bit of the, the actual positive aromas, yeah, um, it might be worth giving a little shot just to try. Um, Especially if it's one that, like, I mean, if it was a, a standard American lager that can have, you know, you can have a little bit of, uh, you know, in there. It's okay in certain styles to have a little bit in there. So, sure. You know, little corn, corn-like corn flavors. Or what is it? Classic American pills. You can have yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, after doing that for me, now it's something that I'll I'll finish the keg, and it's it's I'm not going to dump it. It's just it's try not perfect. It. Try the IPL thing. Yeah, yeah. I could try dry having or take half yeah. of it and sour it. <laughs> take the other half and distill it. You know, I mean, you yeah. can do a lot of different things with this. Yeah, it's they have plan- hop extracts and stuff. I'm sure you could do something. Oh with yeah, this, I, you know? I plan on trying again at the end of this month. So. And and just a, rebrew it. You have time. Right, yeah. What else do I have to do? So <laughs> maybe in a couple months I'll have potentially a better tasting one that you guys can okay. tear apart and I'll have another diary oh. entry to... Right, I, I yeah. can see yeah. the entry written on your entry. face now. Yeah. Don't <laughs> play the music again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well, Warren, 
Thanks for bringing. Better it luck back. next time. I guess. So, so what's going to happen? Like, let's say you do this again, and you and you have uh, you have the same issue. Are you going to scrub it again? Are you going to dump it? Is there? Are you trying to find some sort of like a dead zone where it? You know, at some point, it just the there's if, no positive return to if, doing. If all of this happened again, you're just wasting CO two and contributing to global warming. Um, I would probably just go apply at McDonald's. And <laughs> just leave everything behind. I don't think they would hire. I think they're too good for you. They might be like, "Oh, you're that popcorn beer, beer guy, right?" And you're like, "I yes, oh, you're gonna make our oh. fries taste like make popcorn. popcorn beer three or four times, and now you're the popcorn beer guy." Well, yeah. the, the, maybe just, you work in a movie theater. I was just gonna say, I'll change careers again <laughs> yeah. and go work in a movie theater. Yeah, yeah they, they those, might let you keep the beard there. All those, McDonald's wouldn't. Yeah. Think. All those draft houses that are serving buttered popcorn and beer—it's it's perfect. They'll oh, never know, yeah. right? Everyone's beer will taste like this. Yeah, buy two bags of popcorn and get this beer for free, and then that way you know <laughs> that you're not going to. Well, then they'll actually get to taste the beer because they'll already be used to the buttered popcorn right. flavor. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they won't notice. The right, it'll be great. Palate right. deadening yeah. works in my favor. It'll be great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Serve your beer with popcorn every night. Yep. <laughs> you can drink a keg that way. Yeah. Well, Warren, thanks for letting us beat you up, dude. You're welcome. Anytime. Thanks. <laughs> there's there's like some white men in the back room you can clean up after. Yeah, thank you. Um, we're going to have Scotty on with his robust porter after this. Uh, we're going to you know hit the jump and then uh, do another beer, and then we're, we're out of here. It's Dr. Homer, everyone. Stay tuned. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today as a brewer you already don't settle for second best you want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with so don't settle for the second best grain mill you want a monster mill from monster brewing hardware monster mills are tough come in two and three roller designs and are made right here in the usa from superior materials for longer lasting performance Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. <laughs> Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Admit it. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes 
Brews with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast pack you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and in to win. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks. Thank you. We have Scotty in the studio, or is it Scott? What is it? Scott, what? Here, get on the microphone, or else no one can hear you. It's it's just Scott. It's Scotty. Why can't it? It is Scotty. It is Scotty. It's okay. Scotty. I was going to say, why can't it be Scotty? Oh, it is. But apparently, it can. No reason. You're saying you're telling me that it can. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is. So <laughs> this is what you're like third time on the show, right? No, second time. Second time. It would have been my third if you gave me the right date last time. But yeah. You know, why do you have to bring up... Well, see, you already get negative points. Dates are Uh-oh. kind of a nebulous thing with us. It's, you get negative yeah. 100 points like already. Time. time. Time doesn't really exist. My <laughs> beer isn't tasting so bad. No, is it, good? No, it's not. Well, it's still actually pretty terrible. I had to scrape my tongue at the break. <laughs> We're stuck somewhere in the past in a parallel universe floating, you know. Yeah. I don't know. With the scrapings of JP's tongue. It's really not a pleasant picture. No. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I have a habit of standing in front of the host uh, camera and rubbing my gut. During the break, <laughs> like I'm an old man with goiter or something, it's just like like I just got to rub the spot, and uh, apparently it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> Thanks for showing me, Bev. I appreciate. It's too bad she it. told you to keep doing it. Now you might not. That was awesome. Oh, he'll do it again. I'm sure I will. I'll forget because she'll just set me up. It's an ambush journalism that Creature Beverly likes to do. You're getting some pattern baldness there. <laughs> Maybe uh, just this is from the I will survive. Rubbing. I might not survive. Helping digest his food from earlier. Right? Yeah. Is your liver uh-huh. kicking? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Scotty, what uh, what beer do you have for us today? It's a man? robust porter. It's a robust porter. Something you brewed before or a brand new recipe? This is the third time I've brewed it. Okay. Is it okay. the first time we've judged it? Is it? It is the first time we've judged it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember what you had. Oh. Oh, another glass oh hello. Hello. We got a gusher, folks. We got folks. some uh, towels. That didn't happen with the first one, did it? Nope. It you told not. me to warm it up, though. Yep. <laughs> the first one just about right for a port. So I shook it up. Uh, okay, it's getting dangerously close. Yeah, somebody to got the some towels. Yeah, electrical towels equipment or here. Or here. Yeah. Sacrificial. It's fine. Sacrificial uh, Drake's coasters. 
All right. Thanks to Drake for building the uh, the <laughs> dam of the studio. Well, that's all right. I'm sure uh, you know. I'm sure everything's yeah. fine. So, uh, uh, what are you looking to get out of this, Scott? Are you looking to get some uh, some recipe tweaks or just a general score? You like where it is? Well, how do you feel? What I want out of this is since I'm going to be taking the tasting exam on the 24th. Okay. Is I want as much exposure to the judging process as possible. Oh, okay. Okay. So you don't really give a shit what they say. (laughs) You just want to know how they say it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. Well, Brian, since uh, Lee is still dusting himself off with beer, uh, why don't you start, man? All right. Yeah. So we got a little gusher here. That's something that we would note under the, uh, well, bottle inspection, I guess you'd you'd probably note it there. It it gushed. yeah, the first bottle actually we opened up was was creeping up inside the the bottle as well. Um, you don't really want to use that as anything to bias yourself against the beer and assume that it has any problems, but you do keep it in mind and use that information uh, for what you will uh, to like help pick out flaws or contaminants what, what may or be going on with the beer. So yeah, could it be um, could it be gushing and not have anything wrong with it? I mean, it could just be. Sometimes you get a gusher and the beer is actually really good. And I mean, it's a lot of times it's uh, a more highly carbonated beer, you know, to start with, where it, mm-hmm. it can stand to have a little bit more peppiness to it. But uh, you know, a saison or something, or you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, or or it means you pissed off the steward at the competition. You shake yeah. your bottles before he brings them <laughs> it, out to the it table. It could be a steward error. It could be a few different things. So you can't assume anything, but you do want to keep it in mind. And, and if you find other elements of, uh, you know, uh, issues or, or, or things mm. that pop out at you that, that combine to make sense. But, you know, again, nothing ever makes sense. My favorite steward is Patrick Stewart. <laughs> hmm. Thank you, Scotty. Appreciate it. Go ahead. Okay. Continue. The the nose has a pleasant, rich. Scotty gets, <laughs> gets plus two hundred points. Pleasant, rich. Well, Let me work in a Star Trek joke. Isn't, huh? isn't that Twilight Girl a steward? Shut the. F- Doesn't Bevo know? Oh. She's a steward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. But, Can we please talk about the beer? <laughs> I'm waiting for. This is the eleventh time Warren has overcomplicated something. Go ahead, Brad. Okay. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. Um, no, I think it's the twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, come on. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. <clears throat> the nose is, is pretty pleasant, actually. It has a rich chocolatey malt up front. Um, had I got a pretty strong vanilla note in this. Um, Ooh, yeah. I don't know if it was the the glassware. or <laughs> There was a <laughs> comment about the soap uh, maybe having a little vanilla note, but I didn't get it in the other beers. Or the, you know, it would have really stood out in that the dort. So, no. Um, you know, behind that, a bit of coffee as well. Hops, a very background, low spiciness. Um has actually pretty moderate esters with a kind of a perfumey character to it, and it, it smells just a bit burnt. Like a li- the roast is a little intense, and a robust porter should have an edge of some some roastiness, uh, but not too intense. So you want to watch out for that. Uh, Color wise, it's a nice deep brown with a low light tan head um, that was actually roused pretty easily when you swirl the glass. Um, it stuck around fairly well. Uh, and the beer seems pretty clear, though it was it was kind of hard to see because it's fairly dark, even for a porter. Uh, and that's fine. It was, it's right in the color range it needs to be. Um, so appearance-wise, I gave it three points. I thought it, thought it worked. Yeah. Malt in the flavor is is roasty, and it's it, it does have a lightly burnt note to it. I thought it comes across with a a little fruity edge too, kind of almost like a, a tropical stout <laughs> kind of a flavor to it, like an import. <laughs> You know, foreign extra, foreign extra, uh, like a stout-like element, and it's it's so intense. And uh, there's some bittersweet chocolate in there, a light burnt coffee, um, low bitterness. Finished pretty dry to me. I we might get some debate about this, but I'm not getting a lot of sweetness in the beer. It seems to there's nothing playing off that the roasty and dark flavors in there. It seems to be pretty dry. I also got a kind of a low medicinal phenolic in the aftertaste the after belch maybe um <laughs> there was a little like a little and then it like oh there's some there's that, a little bit of medicine in there i think it was a band-aid you swallowed. medicine burp and I, i'm not taking any medicines i promise uh the beer is definitely balanced in the malt so uh and and, and yeah so that that phenolic could be another piece of the puzzle that goes along with uh some things that might be going on with this beer so maybe the gusher the, the gusherness of it, yeah. Okay. Um, 
Body wise, medium, medium light body. It it does have a little bit of warmth in there. It's got a little bit of higher. Uh, well, yeah. maybe not extreme higher alcohols, but it's got like you feel it in the back of the throat. It's pretty maybe pretty alcoholic for a porter. Um, it wasn't very creamy. Uh, carbonation seemed high. And it does have a. Every time I say creamy, do you have to giggle, JP? <laughs> I was actually laughing oh, okay. at Beverly, Dad, but that's oh, okay. all right. Go ahead, son. You need to <laughs> control grow yourself. Up. <laughs> grow up. <laughs> What's the alcohol on this? Guy? Six point four. Six point four. Okay, okay. It's, a, it's a hefty porter. I think some of this is the it glass. Honestly, yeah. I think the glass shape. These glasses, I'm a, a, a giant fan of because I, I think maybe that situates a little bit more of the alcohol than than would you normally get out of a pint glass. It might, yeah. It's kind of holding it in a little bit, and yeah. you get it in, the, in your these little brandy snifter things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found a little bit of astringency in there, and and I kind of, th- despite being kind of big and alcoholic, it felt a little. Th- it had the impression of being a little thin too at the same time. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy there. Okay. Um, overall impression: a fairly tasty, robust porter it has a lot of good flavors going on. It seems like the recipe is good. Yeah. The ingredients used were good. It's pretty deep. There's a lot, um, of, a lot of stuff going on. It would benefit from a little more sweetness to play off the malt flavors that are in there. Um, if you know, Some of the classic advice would be to use a higher mash temperature or you know, um, to, to keep the right enzymes working on it in there. You know, the, um, the beta uh, amylases get more active as you have a lower mash temp. The alphas are more active at a higher mash temp, like upper 150s Fahrenheit. Um, and that's going to give you leave a little more dextrinous, um, you know, unfermentable stuff in there. Uh, but I don't know if that's it for sure. I'm thinking that um, you possibly want to keep whatever yeast is in this from drying out the beer in general. And it could have a little bit of a maybe a wild yeast getting in there too, especially with the so being a gusher, maybe the, some form of wild yeast that's kind of slow acting is still going inside the bottle here. And um, giving you that little medicinal aftertaste. I don't know if it was bottled from a keg. Or I don't know, you know how it was, but it could be some activeness of the wild yeast that's that's doing something in there. So okay. with that, you just want to wash sanitation, change on any plastic equipment that m- may be older, and, and make sure that the things you're you're working with the beer with after it cools are clean and, and able to be sanitized. Because, you know... You can't sanitize if you don't have it. <laughs> That's correct. Clean, as the oh. five-star folks always say. So, yeah. I gave the beer overall a 30, though. It's actually – and it's, that's not just a, a courtesy 30 because we're, you know, we're here in the studio together getting yeah, you, cozy. Yeah, you ruined your trick. You told everybody about <laughs> darn it. it. Darn it. Yeah, no. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's not horrible beer by any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty, it's pretty tasty, robust porter. just has a couple of light issues going on there that, that are detracting a bit. So, um, you know. Yeah, brew it again and, and and change out some some equipment and see if that just goes away. Lee, all right, um, I agree with a fair amount of what Brian said there. <clears throat> um, some definite some base malt and coffee aroma notes in the nose. Um, I noticed a sort of a little bit of a something I get out of beers are very carbonated when mm-hmm. we first judge this. So the first bottle didn't gush like this one did. Um, it was almost a little bit of a tingling. Usually it comes along with beers that are highly carbonated. It's like generating a little carbonic acid in my nose or something. I picked up a bit of that, but okay. it smelled okay for the most part. Although later when I went back to it after me and Brian talk, I did notice maybe a little bit of a touch of a phenolic character to it that I didn't pick up originally. Mm. It is a pretty beer. It's a nice, nice, clear, dark brown color, posed a nice head. It lasts a reasonable amount of time. So I gave it a three for appearance as well. It looks really good. Totally on style there. Flavor, got a lot of chocolate, brown coffee, uh, malt flavors. I thought it was actually fairly sweet. I mean, it's it's fairly alcoholic and very. Once you start drinking, it's definitely you can't you can tell that it's fairly carbonated. So um, for me, I was kind of surprised how much sweetness is left behind. More on my lips than anywhere else. It's like mm-hmm. kind of a little mm-hmm. bit of stickiness gets left behind, like a kiss from a lover, something like that. Um, <laughs> <don't know>. Whatever. <laughs> Which part <laughs> from a sweet sticky one that'd been yeah. drinking grape soda mm-hmm. or something? Yes, or the Valentine's Day. Water. or right. or the the mouth coating. Right. Or oh, that. that's Warren. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was Brian. I was so out of character. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Grow up, and, Brian. Yes, right. <laughs> a little bit of a rough alcohol flavor in this, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little bit out of place. I mean, they can be a little bit alcoholic, these beers. Not much, but 6.4 is not totally out of the, the realm here. Yeah. Um, but it seemed to have a little bit of a rough edge to it. Not not really solventy, just sort of rough. Um, 
Um, low bittering, but balanced pretty well for a porter. Uh, finishes with cocoa and figs and some of that alcohol. And I thought maybe a little bit of a warty flavor, although it might just have been that sweetness that was getting me. Medium body, fairly tingling carbonation. Definitely more carbonated than the style needs to be or should be. Uh, a little rough in the alcohol again in the mouthfeel. It wasn't really burning, but... <clears throat> It's just, it didn't seem quite right there. It wasn't, I didn't really get any stringency. Some drying character from the alcohol and the roast malt and all the CO2, but um, I wasn't getting anything that left that sort of tea-like astringency behind. Overall, I thought it was a decent beer. Uh, good dark malt flavors, well-balanced, robust porter. Um, the alcohol roughness was a little out of style, which suggests maybe the ferment might have got a bit too warm or the yeast was otherwise stressed is the usual explanation for that. Um, but in combination with a couple things like the um, the high carbonation, um, especially that we saw here, and possibly you know when I I didn't pick up on it first, but when Brian knows they went back, maybe I picked up a little bit of the phenolics. It seems really like it, faint, yeah. yeah, it seems like it, it, definitely with the gusher here, it hasn't finished quite fermenting for whatever reason here. So it's it's still turning sugar into alcohol in this beer inside the bottle so whether it maybe just didn't finish its ferment out in the first place which is the, the main thing i'd guess um and it was still slowly turning away sugar and alcohol and that was causing it to be carbonated that was kind of my first guess but if it did catch a bug of some sort that will do it too mm-hmm. definitely and if, and if it was both then both we'll does do anybody the same have thing. a finishing hydrometer did you get <laughs> take a graphic on this when you bottled it yeah you you're lee right yeah okay yeah you picked up on something uh the final gravity was much higher okay. than expected. It was 1034. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What and was the starting? Oh, wait. I guess I wish I could remember. If it's 6.4, whatever that is. 6.4. It, it is pretty high. That'd be pretty high. Yeah. That's pretty like high. a 1070 starting or something, yeah. 1075. The thing is, uh, I'm glad you guys picked something out. I never let this stuff warm up. I just drink it cold. you know. Yeah. And letting it warm up, like I drank it just now, I picked something up that I wouldn't have picked up otherwise. Um, perhaps... When I bottled it, or maybe even when I fermented it, maybe it picked up a wild yeast somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I, I, Are you getting that that phenolic? Um, not when it's warm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have picked that up otherwise. Right. You're just slamming them. You, you can pick up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you can pick up on flavors and aromas a lot better when the beer is warm. That, mm-hmm. that kind of goes double for stouts and porters. They're probably better served a little on the warm side. I mean, if you live in a real warm country, that may not feel like the right thing to do if it's 100 degrees it out. But, yeah. um, it doesn't feel right. But you'll, you'll get more out of more of the flavors out of the beer when you let them warm up a bit. I mean, stouts and porters, usually you want to serve those yeah, 50-ish Fahrenheit, plus or minus, depending who you talk to and, and what your preferences are. But you'll pick up um, subtleties of flavor and aroma much better there than mm-hmm. you will if the beer is you know, 38 or something out of your yeah. fridge. You'll just miss mm-hmm. a lot of things. That's, right. that's why beers... With, good, with lots of flavor, best served a little bit warmer, mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. beers that you want to serve real, real cold because they don't taste like much. Another possibility is I may have used a little too much priming sugar, too, because I noticed when I first bottled it, it is bottle conditioned, mm-hmm. um, that it I did like a carbonation test. I, w- I want to make sure I don't have bottle bombs, and yeah. it carbonated a little too quickly, mm. like l- within three days. It usually takes at least a week. Mm-hmm. So it may be a little too much priming sugar, but I think there's something else that might be going on, too. Um, as far as the fermentation temperature goes, I, it's an English uh, ale yeast from White Labs. I did it around 66, no more than that. But I did take it out of temperature control after I thought the active fermentation was done and put it at room temperature for a little while. Maybe it really wasn't done. Maybe it Was it still bubbling you, away at yeah. that It point? wasn't bubbling away. Mm-hmm. No. You know how, how many days about that was after two weeks? Brew? Two weeks after you took it, it off yeah. I, I figured, yeah, I figured it was it was mm-hmm. done, but I don't think it was like truly right. done. If you're going to yeah. commit a full bo- uh, batch into bottles, I mean, in a keg, there's things you can do. It's it's hard if it's overcarbonated, but in a bottle, it's really hard to fix it if it's overcarbonated. Mm-hmm. And you want to check your gravity and then just wait two to three days mm-hmm. and check it again just to make sure that it's not slowly dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially with some some of those English yeasts like to drop out flocculate out before they've quite finished mm-hmm. uh, although mm-hmm. there's no diacetyl in this beer no I, I waited um, <laughs> i waited four months before i actually bottled it it's actually so. missing oh, so this wow. beer's four months old yeah. now. no no it's more than four months old but before uh, i bottled it i waited four oh, months okay well i guess so it reabsorbed you, oh huh. this beer is probably like 
I don't know, six months old. Okay. Those more. chocolate notes are great. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's got nice chocolate and I, I would light say coffee. There's nothing wrong with the recipe here. Yeah. That, that's yeah. actually quite nice. I really like the recipe. It was yeah. given to me by the founder of my local homebrew club, Tom Pope, founder of the Warthogs. Mm. Um, it, in, I think I changed in his recipe. I used Black Prince instead of Black Patent. Mm. It's a okay. recipe that he won awards with. I hate Black Patent. Yeah. Yeah, I use black prints. That's, that's a nice substitution, actually. works well yeah. with a porter. Yeah, A little, yeah. little less in your face with a, the roast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say the, the problem here has something to do with fermentation, whether or not it finished, and whether or not there's a bug in there. And if there's a bug, it's pretty low level. After six months, would you think if this had an infection, Brian, it would be this, this hard to mm. it'd be this subtle? Oh, I don't think so. Maybe I'd five months. Would yeah. be, that would be, that'd be kind months. of pushing it. it. Well, yeah. was it refrigerated the whole time? No, it wasn't. No, in the bottle? It was in the bottle. Well, not the whole time. The past, since the middle of December, it was refrigerated. Oh, okay. But a lot, of, a lot of the time, it was not refrigerated at all. Mm-hmm. No, the hot, the, the sort of rough edge in the alcohol and the kind of estery character of this might suggest the original ferment was a little incomplete too, or the yeasts were not mm-hmm. happy for some reason. Which sounds oh, like it was. Right? Oh, about mm-hmm. the high uh, final gravity. Um, during uh, brewing, when I was mashing and stuff, um, my thermometer that I use and trust stopped working. No. So I used another, a second-hand thermometer that There's I didn't really trust. And I don't know if it was reading high or low or what, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling it was it was actually matching higher than I thought it was because the mm-hmm. final gravity was, you know, 1034, which is I expected 1020-something, okay, like low so, 1020. Yeah, don't listen to my advice on that. Then. I think <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the um, carbonation sometimes can trick you a little bit. The prickliness of that can give it a slight impression of some dryness to me sometimes it's like yeah messes messes with your head a little sure bit. oh well, it will totally do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, the over carbonation does hide the the wordy kind of high high finishing gravity in this but i pretty yeah, well yeah. well scotty do you have any questions on the uh judging process for these young men here i do um i have looked at score sheets before um how much can you what's the maximum you can get on the aroma Three? Three. Oh, sorry. Aroma goes up to 12. Which is the one you gave me a three on? Appearance. Appearance. And okay. that's, that's, that's the one where that's as high as it goes. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. No, pretty big. I, I knew you gave me a that. maximum on something. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, a week from Saturday, I'm going to take the tasting exam. Yeah, that's really cool. Congrats on, uh, you passed, obviously, the, yeah, I passed uh, the online exam and, and say so of the, cool. the knowledge for that. And, Excellent. Yeah, another judge to join the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you sign your name to the paper, you'll be at least an apprentice. So, hey. That's right. <laughs> it's like the SATs. You get a certain amount. Uh, Brian, you have a thing coming up, right? A tasting. Yeah, thing, actually, whatever. for those who are interested in, in judging education, as a part of uh, SF Beer Week, uh, fellow uh, BGCP judge uh, David Teckham, who is Grandmaster 4 level, Love that guy. Uh, teaches a class called Beer Judging 101. So it's on February 15th this year. We're doing it at the Pyramid Ale House in, in Berkeley. And uh, there's two sections. Both are identical. But for those who want to get a little primer of what judging is about, if you have a little bit of tasting experience and you're like, what is this judging thing all about? Or if you listen to Dr. Homebrew, um, you can come out and we'll Which go through are. several beers with you. Yeah, we do. If you listen. You might not be listening. You might just be <laughs> tune out the rest of what we, what we right. said before. And Absorbing just it through listen. cosmic osmosis. But yeah, just go to sfbeerweek.org and, or search for uh, Beer Judging 101. Uh, 2015 because we do it every year and it, it usually sells out so um yeah cool. we'd love to see some people especially listeners join us for that it'd be fun come up and say hi if you do I'll, I'll yeah be. it's a good intro class and they will have some tasty beers there too do you want my appearance fee or no <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah. if, I don't know how you can afford it or what but. oh man i've got know. another keg of this uh, american light lager <laughs> if you guys want yeah, to try that we can yeah. use that yeah let's do it let's get some dr homebrew beers right. in there right yeah you want to brew like this guys that's what you're gonna say right <laughs> yeah no, I mean, uh, yeah. Scotty, do you have anything else? <laughs> yeah, um, Lee, what did you score me? Just curious. Oh, 28. Okay. Scotty's going to cut you. I know. As soon as we leave. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving this room until I have to. The highest score I've ever gotten on any beer was 40. So. That's a good score. Yeah. That's a very good hard score. To do, yeah. Hard to do one that good. Yeah. My, my friend that's out there got a, a 41 on the same competition. He just one up me. Well, you've got your goal now. Uh, but when yeah. you took his right eye, how did he feel? <laughs> he knew what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if you want some good recipes uh, to brew with, check out the American Homebrewers Association. Uh, you can get a membership there. I think they're like 35 bucks. 
They're pretty cheap. They fight for your rights to continue to homebrew. Uh, not only do they do that, they do all the hard work and the mucky-muck going to wa- to Washington. Uh, but you get and- access to Zymergy Magazine. Warren, shut up. Uh, you get... Uh, all sorts of stuff, recipes. You learn how to brew. Uh, they can start you off from beginner to to uh, you know advanced. They got you covered, Warren. Oh well, I was just going to help you promote the AHA Thank and you. say they have uh, a lot of rallies coming up. They do have a lot of rallies. I think three that Bay Area folks can get to in a pretty reasonable drive coming See, up in the next few months. There you go, and those are membership drives essentially. Well, it's it's members right? only. Parties at breweries, basically, where oh, okay. you get to drink beer. Sometimes you get like VIP tours. Mm-hmm. They, I know they do work giveaways at some, not all, but yeah. like, um, like it her- says on the, on their website, um, there's oh. a, a HA rally link on there, and so you can see where the dates and uh, locations are. I know Wicked Weed is having one in in whatever Carolina they're in, and um, <laughs> the there's one in San Francisco. I think it beginning of February. Yeah, yeah, at Magnolia. Yeah. yeah. And with cool. uh, Smokestack, their new place. The Smokestack, yeah. 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 Well, and uh, in Sacramento, too, coming up, I think. Cool. Go to homebrewersassociation.org. Yeah. Join the AHA. Uh, they really make it a lot easier and more fun to brew. Scotty, thanks, man. Oh, Appreciate thank it. Was it everything you, you, you remembered from last time? Well, you know what? Even if I had, like, the worst beer I've ever made, I still would have brought it to you if that's all Good. I had. Because I, I just love being here. I just Cool, man. You guys well, are awesome. Well, you're welcome you back anytime. You learned something. You learned... <laughs> The, you know how differently the beer tastes when it's this you know when it's uh, warmed up and we learned how fast warren can react to getting a towel that's pretty good <laughs> and i want to say too lee's one of those judges he, he really is a stickler for that and i've organized a few competitions in my day but you know he'll be in, out there and if the beers aren't the right temperature he'll definitely let the stewards know for and, sure and uh you know be they a headache hate, they'll the, hate me he's a hard ass yeah to everyone involved in the competition but no it's it, it does make sense you, you can't yeah. taste the beer properly if it's too cold so then that means the winner of the grog tag, at least your beer, will be, your beard will look good, is Warren. You get the Grog Tag right. $40 yeah. gift certificate to grogtag.com. And then the winner of the highgravitybrew.com, the High Gravity Homebrewing Supplies uh, gift pack, Scotty. So what did I miss? I missed something here. So Warren, <laughs> Warren, Warren did something, right? I did worse War- than you. Yeah, Warren did worse than you. No, no way. Warren's yeah. beer? My hero <laughs> did worse than you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you beat what? him by a point. He's, he's my beard here. I'm, yeah, there you go. That's, yeah, oh, right. following, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. following his beard That's steps. important. Yeah. He also <laughs> he washes his eyes with PBW to try to get the degraded vision like you. And <laughs> the whole thing, man. Oh, wow. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to Grog Tag, and thank you to High Gravity Homebrewing and Winemaking Supplies. Uh, check them out, grogtag.com and highgravitybrew.com, and you guys should be getting your stuff in the mail uh, as, as long as, or not as long, but the, along with the, um, the party pack from Five Star. Yeah, I think that's it, right? We can. So we can now it's a party. So it might yeah. be a party now. We never play know. A, play us a song or something, JB. <laughs> Is that it? I think or that's something. it. I got all my things and did all my things. Did you go through yeah. the checklist twice? We're yeah. ready to go. All right. All, all right. right. Thanks, everyone. It's Doctor Homebrew. For those of you listening live, we'll be back in about fifteen minutes with a, a, a pretty cool uh, thing. We got a triangle test happening. Uh, a special guest. And uh, some more beer and maybe some more belly rubbing by me. You never really know. Uh, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>